Hello and welcome to this latest podcast. And uh, today, Lorna and I are going to be talking about building rapport at interview and why that's not only just important for the interviewee, so the candidate, if you like, but it's also really important for the employer, the interviewer, to build a rapport with potential candidates because they are potential employees and therefore the future of your organisation. So, Lorna, uh, let's kick off. Um, what is building rapport? What, what, what do we think that is exactly, I guess? I suppose when you're talking about in an interview scenario, then you're looking at how the interviewer and the interviewee can get an initial sort of connection so that the interview can run smoothly and that the interviewee can perform at their best because the interviewer has made them feel relaxed and at ease about the you know the environment and what's going to happen during the interview um some interviews are off the cuff and you have to just perform at your best without knowing what's going to come and some are planned pre-planned with various people or various activities or exercises that they need to do so it's really important for the interviewer to be able to do a proper analysis of that interviewee by making them feel relaxed and at ease from the very beginning of the actual interview, um, which could be simply taking the time at the beginning of the interview to offer them a drink, explain the process. It could also be that the, the interviewer takes a little bit of time to tell them a little bit about themselves. Um, you know, how did they join? Yeah, the yeah that's, a, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And, and do you remember there's uh, someone that I used to work for that we've discussed before who um, was very good at interviewing people and he used to always start the first five minutes explaining about the company but also his own relationship with the company and you know why he thought it was great to work there and so on. That gives the interviewee, the the, the candidate, a little bit of time to relax. Um, and of course there's, uh, you know, I often say to candidates and and employer companies that you know this principle of the two-way street that it's it's you know an interview should be a conversation it shouldn't be an interrogation it should be a conversation where you know both parties have the um you know really have the potential to walk away you could look at it from that point well, of view so therefore yeah. you don't want them to walk away do you no you want, you absolutely want them to and you're as a candidate you're going into that interview because one you're interested in the job opportunity in the company but you're also wanting to make a really good first impression. This is the first time you'll have, have met this person potentially. So you want to make a good first impression and you want to be able to sell yourself and sell yourself in the best light. But equally, you also want the interviewer to sell the role and the company to you because it's, it, like you say, it is a two-way street. Just because they've offered you an interview doesn't mean to say that you're actually going to take take the opportunity if they were to offer it to you. Um, and I think it's really important that, that the interviewer remembers that. It's not all just about what the candidate can bring. It's what they can also bring to the table as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, and then looking at it from the other perspective, equally, um, and, and obviously this is focused on a lot uh, in terms of advice that's given to, to candidates, it's it's about them building rapport with the interviewer, or, or maybe there's two interviewers. So it's about demonstrating enthusiasm. It's about you know being friendly. Not yeah, it's always a balance, isn't it? You don't want to be kind of obsequiously friendly. Um, you 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 need to be professionally friendly and uh, uh, and and demonstrate to the interviewers that you're uh, you know the type of 
person that they would like to have in their team because that's essentially you know part of what this process is obviously depending on the level of technicality of the role that you're applying for um there there is going to be questions around your technical capability of doing the job but the building rapport piece is really about the people that are engaged in this uh, in this process being able to see whether they can work together whether they can actually you know fit within the culture of the organization and again that two-way street is not just oh we'll interrogate this candidate and find out whether or not they're good enough for us it's also that the candidate is looking at the potential employer and saying are these people that I could actually see myself working with and enjoy working with because let's face it we spend most of our waking hours actually at work and so therefore you want to make sure that you're you're enjoying it don't you so um let's think about let's let's just contrast this a bit because there's a bit of philosophical stuff behind this um some of the listeners may have seen or listened to a podcast I did with um uh Lucinda Carney who is a HR expert and also a um, uh, chartered psychologist and we were talking about the psychological contract and the psychological contract is basically the the unwritten piece of the employer employee relationship and uh, she was talking about you know this is so important that this is looked at properly in the modern context so if we contrast that with how things used to be perhaps in the 80s or the 90s and that you know, permeates right into interviews because um, it's really, really important that this psychological contract is thought about because, as we've already touched on, Lorna, as we were already saying, the the the, um, uh, the the candidate has the ability to say, actually, I'm I'm looking at a number of different jobs. And thank you very much, and 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 I'll, I'll walk away from that. Well, I, I think mean, it comes. What, what's your... well, I was going to say, I think it, a part part of that psychological contract is about the interviewer being prepared for that interview. There's an expectation yes, that... That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, there's an expectation that the candidate comes with the research done, they've looked at the website, they've pre- presented their CV, a whole host of things that the interviewee is expected to do prior to arriving at that interview door. But it's there is an expectation that the interviewer should do the same and they should arrive on time and they should prepare the have have had an opportunity to look at the candidate cv in advance of the interview because we've seen it before we've worked with enough clients over the years and enough candidates over the years that provide us with feedback where the candidate will say well the interviewer hadn't even read my cv before they sat down to meet with me and mm. so automatically at that point the inter- the interviewee the candidate is thinking well am i that important to them you know, if they've not actually taken the time to review my CV and, you know, prepare for the interview, how how important am I to this particular person in the company? So I think that... So, so let's move on. In terms of something you mentioned uh, when we were speaking about this uh, uh, recently, you mentioned about um, tough interviews. So 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 how does a... How does a... Uh, I guess one of the questions that people might be interested in is how do you make a, an interview tough and demanding without making it kind of adversarial you know like there used to be um interviews in the past so if we're looking at it from a modern inclusive way of interviewing how do we make it you know tough in the sense that it's it's uh, asking the right questions without it kind of crossing that line into being adversarial or interrogative 
interrogative. Is that a word? Yes, it is. I think it is. <laughs> well, I suppose it's okay to have a tough interview because the company is trying to establish if you are the right person for the role and the right fit for the company. And in some interviews, it, you know, they might be quite technical roles, so they need to do a certain level of um, of investigatory, you know, steps within the interview to find out if you are somebody that's going to have the right skill set. So it's okay to ask the, the candidate to do a presentation or do some data analysis or whatever it might be for you to do a proper assessment. I think in order for the, the interview process to run smoothly and to get the best out of the candidate, telling the candidate what to expect in advance is really key because it, it helps them to put their, you know, put put their mind at rest. It helps them to work out what they're going to be expected to do and when. They might be asked to redo a presentation that they prepare for in advance of the interview. They might be asked to do a presentation during the interview with no prep. They prep it in the interview at the, at that time. So, but if the candidate knows what the steps are of the interview, what the process is, then they're going to be better prepared and more relaxed and therefore perform at their best. I think it's when you have interviews that ask ridiculous questions that really have no benefit to to finding out anything about that individual because, you know, we've had it before where candidates have been asked to sell this, I don't know, pen to an alien or whatever it might be or what what animal would you be if you, you know, if you had to choose to be an animal, what would you be? What How does that, how does that benefit? I think you, you wrote an article, didn't you, Nigel, about... Um, those types of questions and the sort of person the what sort of person crazy psychotic questions yes they're uh it was actually i I wrote the article having read another article um i think it might have been even something like psychology today which demonstrated that people who interviewers who favor these kind of crazy questions are actually psychotic so if you don't want to be if you're if you're anybody who's doing interviewing here who's listening to this apologies um, but if you use those kind of questions, I'll give you a few examples. So, Lorna, what type of animal would you be? Um, or explain a chair to an alien, I think, was one of the other ones. Um, if you use those type of questions, then apparently there's a high likelihood that you show um, psychotic tendencies in other areas. Now, you might use those questions because someone told you it was a good idea, so therefore you're not necessarily um, having psychotic problems. Uh, but apparently that is often a correlation between people who use those questions and their general attitude to life. So um, if you don't want to be seen as a psychotic company, then it's probably best not to actually use those type of questions. Ask questions which are related to the role and sure ask tough questions you know ask about things that you really need to understand about person's background you know they they may need to explain those things to you in order to give you reassurance um so asking difficult questions where the person feels under a certain amount of pressure is absolutely fine um because it, it demonstrates how they can answer those where it crosses the line in my opinion is where you know people are um, interviewers are kind of firing questions at an individual to try and put them under some kind of pressure it doesn't actually in my opinion prove anything at all um this does not necessarily demonstrate how somebody um behaves under pressure because the interview is an extraordinarily unusual level of pressure um you can demonstrate similar um or, or you can achieve that type of result sometimes by looking at 
um, assessment centres where somebody has to actually, you know, as Lorna mentioned, want to work with data or whatever um, to to look at how they can how they can deal with these sort of things. But just firing interrogative questions at people, you know, one after the other, which destroys any opportunity for rapport think, and destroys the ability to actually see it, see the real person. Yeah, and I think we've seen it before where we've had examples where a, a candidate has said that they were asked a question about a very specific page within the company website and why didn't they know the answer to the question related to that very specific thing, <laughs> which what that hasn't really achieved. All that's told you is that the candidate ha- may have not read the company website in depth and remembered every word on it. That How does that help you to make a yeah. assessment? As, as if somebody is expected to learn every mm. single page of a website. Uh, much better to ask them, you know, about what they understood uh, of the company and, uh, you know, what they thought the main yeah. mission and, uh, and and purpose of the and company was. And questions that they might have come up with yeah. about the, about their readings rather than kind of directly <laughs> coming up with a question yeah, that's just going to yeah. basically put them on the back foot and, you know, it, it could sway the success of that interview because the person's feeling like, oh, I didn't didn't know the answer to that. So, yeah, there is... There's ways of finding out information from a candidate that doesn't need to be adversarial or strange. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, uh, if we're we've got interviewers listening, Lorna, what would you say? First, few things you know that come to your mind in terms of making their interview um, better, more progressive, and 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 building that rapport so the person goes away thinking really positive things about the company. What would you say the, the main couple of things that you t- so tips that you'd give them? I would say as an interviewer, then don't be late. You're asking the candidate to be on time, so please be on time. Um, have done your preparation, so I've read the candidate's CV, and kind of know what questions you want to ask. Let the interview flow, but actually know what the key questions is that you want to ask the candidate so that you're taking away something from the interview and then if you choose to bring that candidate back the interviews can be progressive yeah, absolutely and, and consistent and what Lorna means by progressive there is is that you're not asking asking the same questions at the second interview as you are at the first so you get a really you know this is I mean we've talked about some of the things not to do these are some of the really positive things that you can be doing um, to make sure that you're assessing people well and I think from the candidate point of view um, just to, to finish off here I think from a candidate point of view you know build rapport be enthusiastic um, do your research. If you've done your research, then, the, you know, it, it is literally a two-way street. So almost everything that Lorna's just mentioned there is exactly the same for Absolutely. the candidates as well. And if both parties realise this, then there's actually going to be a really positive outcome uh, for for both. So um, that's the end of our 15 minutes. We, we try to keep these mini podcasts of 15 minutes. So uh, Lorna, thanks again for your thoughts. Um, hope everyone who's listening has enjoyed that and might benefit from it, whether you are an interviewer or an interviewee. Thank you very much. Thank you.